chapter thirteen of prince or chauffeur a story of newport by lawrence perry this librivox recording is in the public domain and exhibits the prince prince koltsov had enjoyed his luncheon as only an exacting gourmet whose every canon of taste has been satisfied can his appetite was a many-stringed instrument upon which only the most gifted culinary artist could play now as he sat dallying daintily with his compote of pears it was patent that rambon the wellington chef had achieved a dietary symphony mrs wellington he said at length you have a saucier par excellence that sauce de cavitar if i may say so it lingers who is he it seems almost yet it cannot be true that i recognize the genius of jules rambon very well done prince koltsov replied mrs wellington employing phraseology more non-committal than koltsov realized anne who had been gazing languidly out a window giving on brenton's reef lightship where several black torpedo-boats and destroyers were manoeuvring smiled and glanced at the prince you have the instincts of a virtuoso that was really clever of you the duchess d'Aza sent him to mother two years ago you must speak to him i'm afraid he feels he is not altogether appreciated here the prince raised his hands what a fate he exclaimed when rambon was chef for president carnot kings and emperors bestowed upon him decorations i recall that when he created the parfait rambon ah the governor of his province set aside a day of celebration rambon unappreciated it is to say that genius is unappreciated he turned apologetically to mrs wellington america what would you mrs wellington sniffed ever so slightly she had become a bit weary of the russian's assumption of european superiority she recognized that in prince koltsov she had a guest her possession of whom had excited among the cottage colony the envy of all those whose envy she desired so far as she was concerned that was all she wanted now that anne and the prince appeared to be hitting it off she was content to let that matter take its course as might be with however a pretty well-defined conviction that her daughter was thoroughly alive to the desirability not to say convenience of such an alliance in her secret heart however she rather marvelled at anne's open interest in the koltsov to be frank the prince was boring her and she had come to admit that she personally had far rather contemplate the noble guest as a far distant son-in-law than as a husband assuming that her age and position were eligible so she sniffed my dear prince she said i will take you to a hundred tables in newport and i was going to say ten thousand a thousand in new york where the food is better cooked than in any private house in europe touched upon a spot peculiarly tender cold self all but exploded poof he cried then he laughed heartily you jest surely my dear madame no i fancy not replied mrs wellington placidly oh but how can you know where is it that the writings of carême are studied and known where is it that the memory of beauvilliers and the reputations of rheinhofer and casimir and mollard are preserved in europe in paris corrected mrs wellington well and from paris disseminated glowingly throughout europe and the united states koltsov struggled with himself for a moment pardon he said but bah it cannot be 
naturally you are at the disadvantage of not having had the experience at american tables that i have had abroad observed mrs wellington rising but we shall hope to correct that while you are here as for the sauce you praised it was not by rambon who is out to-day but by takakika his assistant a japanese whom mr wellington brought on from the bohemian club i think in san francisco if coltsoff did not catch mrs wellington's intimation that he must have learned of the presence of rambon in her kitchen which might have been more accurately described as a laboratory anne wellington did and she hastened to intervene oh prince coltsoff she said i've been so interested in those torpedo boats out there they've been dashing about the light ship all through lunch what is the idea do you know the prince glanced out of the window i cannot imagine he gazed over the ocean in silence for several minutes have you a telescope he said at length anne nodded the large glass is on that veranda and you'll excuse me until half after three won't you till half after three said the prince still rather ruffled as the result of his duel with the mother then he went out on the porch and for an hour had the torpedo-boats under his almost continuous gaze nothing but hide-and-seek he muttered as he finally snapped the shutter of the glass and went to his room to dress he had quite recovered his spirits when he handed anne wellington into the motor-car armitage had half turned and she caught his eyes just the faintest suspicion of a smile appeared on her face as she leaned forward along the ocean drive mccall down bellevue avenue past easton's beach and out through paradise drive slowly please armitage touched his cap and the car was soon rolling along the ocean drive they had not turned bateman's point when anne had proof of the interest which the advent of the prince had excited among her set the wadsworth girls with young pembroke delaney drew on horseback and several others were gathered on the grass of the point watching the finish of the race for the astor cups off brenton's wreath as the wellington car rolled slowly by every one withdrew attention from the exciting finish which three of the yachts were making and gazed so hard at the prince that some of them forgot to return anne's nod but the girl understood and smiled inwardly not altogether without pride on bellevue avenue old mrs cunningham jones all but fell out of her carriage while minnie rensselaer who had been cool lately was all smiles and the entrance to the casino as miss wellington afterward described it might have been pictured as one great staring eye she did not attempt to deny to herself that she was enjoying all this she was a normal girl with a normal girl's love of distinction and of things that thrill pleasurably she left nothing undone to heighten the effect she and the prince or the prince and she were creating mrs rensselaer saw her gazing into the face of her guest with kindling eyes old lady cunningham jones saw her touch his arm to emphasize a remark whatever may have been the exact degree of coltsoff's attractions for anne it was certain that in the course of the drive thus far the situation and not the russian's personality constituted the strong appeal the girl was far from a snob and yet this yes public parading of a man whose prospective sojourn in newport had excited so many tea-tables for the past fortnight had furnished so much pabulum for the digestion of society journalists involved many elements that appealed to her chiefly it must be confessed she saw the humour of it otherwise pride might have obtained mastery there was pride of course there was a world of things in fact and all enjoyable also perhaps a trifle upsetting inasmuch as her assumption of more than friendly interest in her guest was not altogether the part of wisdom 
the prince was elated exalted it would not have taken a close observer to decide that in his devotion there was no element of the spurious and in his happiness no flaw as for armitage unseeing but sensing clearly the drift of things his eyes were grimly fixed ahead the muscles of his jaws bulging in knots on either side this chauffeur business he felt was fast becoming a bore as he started to turn the corner of the casino block anne seized by a sudden inspiration ordered him to back around to the entrance wouldn't you like to stop in the casino for a few minutes and meet a few people she asked smiling at coltsaw the prince would be only too happy to do anything that miss wellington suggested and so with a warning honk honk armitage ran his car up to the curb at their side the tide of motor-cars brooms victorious coaches jaunting cars and what not swept unceasingly by three sightseeing barges had paused in their twelve miles for a fifty cents journey around the island as the prince and anne alighted a small body of curious loiterers moved forward among them several photographers seeing which anne lowered an opaque veil over her face a precaution which the beautiful or famous or notorious of the newport colony invariably find necessary when abroad the sightseeing drivers with whips poised eagerly viewed the alighting couple and then turning to their convoy announced in voices not too subdued miss anne wellington daughter of ronald wellington the great railroad magnate and the prince of russia are just getting out indicating the car with their whips they say they're engaged to be married so far only a rumour miss wellington is the one who put little pinchin crabs in mrs minnie rancelator's finger-bowls last year and made a coolness between these two great families miss wellington whose cheeks felt as though they would burn her veil saw armitage's shoulders quivering with some emotion as she hurried from the sidewalk into the doorway of the low dark shingle building and out into the circle of trim lawn and garden there were groups around a few of the tables in the two tiers of the encircling promenade but anne did not know any of them they strolled on to a passageway under the structure leading to several acres of impeccable lawn with seats under spreading trees and tennis courts on all sides an orchestra was playing handel's largo the low-hanging branches sheltered many groups dotting the green with vivid-coloured notes a woman with grey veil thrown back and with a wonderful white gown held court under a spreading maple half a dozen gallants in white flannels paying homage all about were gowns of white of pink of blue of light green dresden colours tones of rare delicacy mingling with the emerald turf and the deeper green of the foliage the spell of midsummer was everywhere present to anne it seemed as if the summer would last for always and that the casino would never be deserted again the grass sere and brown or piled with drifts of snow isn't it beautiful she exclaimed as the prince shook his head negatively at a red-coated page with an armful of camp chairs the women smiled the prince they are superb i concede freely the supremacy of the american girl he paused it is beautiful yet certainly what place would not be beautiful where you are miss wellington do i say too much ah how can i say less his eyes were suffused with his emotions don't please prince kolsoff she said lowering her eyes to the turf not here oh i mean not here i would willingly kneel here and kiss the hem of your skirt i should be proud that all should see anne ah let us not dissemble anne thoroughly agitated suddenly faced the prince stop i want you to she interrupted you must you must not say such things she paused conscious that the eyes of many to whom she had proposed presenting the prince were turned curiously upon them although fortunately from distances comparatively remote she forced a vivacious smile for the benefit of observers and continued you must not say these things until i tell you you may now please 
as the prince showed indications of disobeying her wishes he kept silence and as some manifestations of sulkiness not inclined to encourage anne in her intentions of introducing him generally revealed themselves she turned and led the way back to the car where armitage sat hunched in no blithe mood himself in plying him with questions as to himself and his deeds which developed a mood ardently vainglorious and skilfully led coltsoff's trend of thought from amatory channels they stopped at paradise and anne and the prince walked from the roadside across a stretch of gorse to a great crevice in the cliffs known as the lover's leap here said the girl imitating the manner of a guide legend says an indian maiden very beautiful was walking with one of her suitors when a rival accosted them they drew their knives and were about to fight when the girl interposed pointing to the chasm she declared she would marry the man who first jumped across it ah the time-worn lovers leap they have them in england russia germany everywhere america not to be behind the prince wrinkled his brows let me see how closely the indians followed their european originals did they leap they did smiled the girl both i believe were killed she peered into the dark fissure where the waters wound among the crags fifty feet below ugh what a fall their love must have been wonderfully compelling so replied the prince gallantly and yet i should do it for a smile from you or at most for a he bowed low seized her hand and deftly bore it to his lips she drew it away hastily a wave of irritation flushing her face and a powerful revulsion from her former mood of exultation took possession of her whole being you have improved upon knights errant of old she said slowly you seize your guerdon before paying your devoir she pointed to the chasm which was about eight feet across at the spot where they were standing your lady waits sir knight the prince pushed his hand through his hair and laughed miss wellington indeed indeed i appreciate your humour it is well caught that is to say ha ha your father will enjoy your wit i am waiting said the girl as though she had not heard knights and gentlemen do not take from women that which they are not willing to pay for but the prince glanced at the yawning hole you surely jest why my dear lady the prince involuntarily stepped backward and smiled maliciously her meaning was clear and the prince flushed what man would attempt it he exclaimed what man indeed he added save one who would throw away his life to no purpose come miss wellington i am sure you do not seek my life by no means said the girl beginning to relent but still enjoying the success of her coup but really that is a small leap for a man my driver i believe her face suddenly lighted with a new inspiration hastily she walked to the top of the bluff mccall she cried will you come here a minute as the two arrived at the chasm she nodded to the opposite side if you cleared that would it be a remarkable leap armitage surveyed the gap with his eye looked behind him and studied the ground not especially miss wellington so far as distance is concerned he had done his nineteen feet in the running broad jump ah just so broke in the prince it is the condition which would follow a slip or mistaken judgment and shook her head impatiently at coltsoff's obvious eagerness i do not believe mccall thought of that nervous systems vary in their intensity some part of the situation armitage grasped it was clear that for some reason she had dared the prince to make the jump and that he had declined the ground upon which they were standing was a few feet above the rocks on the other side of the chasm and the three stood about a dozen feet from the mouth she turned to armitage am i right or do you share prince coltsoff's psychological views coltsoff who from the beginning had chafed at the position in which she had placed him pitting him against a servant walked to one side with a low sibilant exclamation not at all said armitage and without further words he drew back a few feet and started swiftly for the fissure 
anne who had not intended that the incident should thus get away from her acted upon flashing instinct before the situation could formulate itself in her mind she sprang at armitage as he passed her her hands tightly clasped about his neck and pulled him backward with all her strength armitage half stumbling stopped and the girl releasing her hand stepped back with a sob of nervous anger you you oh you idiot she exclaimed how dare you frighten me so now go back to the car i did not mean to frighten you miss wellington he replied not altogether in the mild and personal tone of a servant it was a perfectly easy jump i thought you go to your car please interrupted the girl sternly as for kolsoff rankling with the knowledge that if he had taken her at her word and essayed to make the leap she would have prevented him as she had her chauffeur his mood was no enviable one lost opportunities of any sort are not conducive to mental equanimity he maintained extreme taciturnity throughout the remainder of the drive and miss wellington whose thoughts seemed also absorbing made no attempt to restore his ardent spirits when they entered the wellington driveway she glanced at armitage's well-set back and shoulders and smiled mccall she said as she stood on the veranda i want you to go to mrs van valkenburg's where you were this morning and bring her here you may have to wait End of chapter thirteen